Well, good morning, everyone. How are we all doing? Very good. Great, great. And welcome to our online viewers who are listening this morning. You're going to be tremendously blessed. Um, my name is Andrew Tugrig without your short hair and glasses. <laughs> indeed, indeed, yeah. Andrew's amazing. So um, I have an amazing teaching for you this morning called Sealed. It's how, our, 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 um, how we are sealed until the day of redemption. Our spirit is sealed until the day of redemption. Um, the Lord is really saying just to rest in our salvation. So he's really emphasizing to rest in our salvation. And um, a couple of days ago, I was studying this, and I saw a man, and he was um, going out into the garden. There was a sun lounger there. And he was like a, a very long, tall man, slim man, although he's just representing people. And um, I just watched him, and he lay down in the sun lounger. And because there was no agitation or annoyance or anything on the inside of him, he began to fall asleep because he was so at peace of what was on the inside of him. And the Lord is saying this to this morning, to rest, have that same rest in your salvation don't be worried about it. Don't be concerned about it. Don't think you can lose it. You can't pray it away. You can't um, uh, lose it, and you can't renounce it either. So the Lord is saying just the same way that mom is resting in his sun lounger, we are to do the same, to rest in our salvation. Okay, it's really, really powerful. Okay, so today we're going to look at our spirit and heart is sealed until the day of redemption. But first, we're going to look at our soul and our body, and then we'll conclude with the spirit part of us, which is the most important part. So what is in our soul, or what is our soul made up anyway? So it's made up of our mind, our will, our emotions, our conscience, and our personality. I'm going to just touch on a wee few of these for a wee second. So our mind has memories, thoughts, ideas, suggestions. Our analytical system is where we analyze things, and our imagination are is in our mind part of us. Our will is a power of control the mind has over its own actions. It's a power of choosing our own actions. It's the act of process or using or asserting our own choices. It's our wishes or desires. And exercising your will today cause you to become born again. So we'll look at that a little bit later. Our emotions are any strong feelings such as anger, grief, sorrow, fear or joy, peace, excitement, happiness, cheerfulness, or contentment, anything negative or positive are our emotions. Our conscience are the sense of right and wrong that governs a person's thoughts and actions. And our personality is the sum total of all behavioral and mental characteristics by means of which an individual is recognized as being unique. They were all in our soul, our mind, our will, emotions, our conscience, and our personality is all in the soul part of us. Now, um, so what is housed in our body? Let's read the body for a wee second. It has five senses. Four is in your head, one is in your hands. So it's see, hear, smell, taste, and touch. This is very teaching, but I'm a teacher, and that's where it's going to go. <laughs> okay, so... Um, so our heart, what about our heart? That's the innermost, our central part of anything is our heart, okay? That's when our spirit and soul together, come together, makes up our heart for us, okay? But what's in our heart? What do you know about it? There's faith or belief. I believe you with all of my heart. Trust, I trust you with all of my heart. Confidence, 
attitudes, courage, uh, issues of life, praise, pureness, like pureness of heart or cleanness, cleanness of heart, meditation, worship, obedience. It's a place to hide things and we hide things in our heart. It's a table. We ride upon the table of our heart. Hope, reasoning, humility, and understanding are all connected to the heart. Now, we will receive our glorified soul and glorified body in the future, but not while we're here on the earth. I'm going to bring up a scripture here, Ephesians 1.14, that proves this to us. I love, you know, this gets me up out, of bed, up out of bed in the morning. It's just really, really amazing. I love the word of God. So Ephesians 1.14 says, which is the earnest, or the brilliant word, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession, which is your soul and your body, until the praise of his glory. Now this word earnest means money paid in advance as part payment to bind a contract. It also means the token of something to come, a promise or an assurance, okay? So uh, spiritually speaking also, the Holy Spirit in the lives of believers is the pledge, the guarantee, the promise, and the assurance that we shall enter into inheritance with all of its benefits, and that includes our new life with the Lord in eternity. Salvation begins with our born-again experience, but it will not be completed until we receive our glorified soul and body and assume our position in eternity with Christ. Until we see our soul and body glorified, the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit is our guarantee. He is our guarantee that the rest of our salvation is secure and coming. And all God's people said, amen. amen. Praise God. All righty. So um, we a bit more on the Spirit here, okay? Um, so we have a Spirit, and it's alive unto God. So our Spirit was created um, using two parts, righteousness and true holiness, Okay? At salvation, we each received a brand new spirit. It is free from sin and totally pure. Then we were immediately sealed by the Holy Spirit. And that's like vacuum sealing or canning food for the purpose of preservation. A barrier is formed to keep sin out and retain the purity of our born-again spirits. When Christians sin, it's in the soulish and physical realm that that takes place. The born-again spirit doesn't participate because it cannot sin, doesn't want to sin, does no sin, it's perfect. All the righteousness and holiness our born-again spirit was created with was immediately sealed tight with the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. He thinks of everything. When we were born again, our spirit was immediately encased or vacuum-packed by the Holy Spirit for the purpose of preservation, in other words, to preserve it. This Holy Spirit seal keeps it good in. We'll look at that list in a wee minute. And it keeps the bad out, the bad being sin. No matter how we are performing in our body and soul, we can always approach God through who we are in our born-again spirit. So right now, we are holy in our spirit as we will ever be. So some of the questions you may be asking, which is what I would do, I would always ask the Lord questions. What about this? What about this? So I was asking the Lord questions on my spirit. And some things you may be asking as well is, what is in our spirit that needs to be sealed? When was our spirit sealed? Why did it have to be sealed and was it necessary? How long was it sealed for? Who sealed it? How was it sealed? I asked that question, so I? <laughs> what was our spirit sealed with? Does our spirit leak? Can the seal be broken? Who is responsible for our spirit? 
Is it temporarily sealed or permanently sealed? And we'll look at these answers as we go along. Already? Now, into the spark bit, which is really, really intriguing. I love this. It's amazing. We're going to come to a brilliant um, main scripture here in Ephesians 1, 13. It is amazing. Amazing revelation on this for you. I say, no, you haven't heard of before because I hadn't heard it before until the Lord gave it to me. And it's phenomenal. Absolutely brilliant. So back to our spirit. What is in our spirit? In other words, what did Jesus give us? Think about this for a wee second. The Godhead. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit is in our spirit. And all of their completeness and totality is in our spirit. The nature of God is our God's characteristics is our. The fruit of the Spirit is our as well. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, they're all there. What about the gifts of the Spirit? They're there too in our Spirit. We know them as the nine manifestations of God. The revelation gifts, the word of wisdom, word of knowledge, discerning of spirits. The power gifts, faith, gifts of healing, and working of miracles. Inspiration or vocal gifts are there. Tongues, interpretation of tongues and prophecy, they're all there. What about the foundational and motivational gifts? They're in your spirit too. Prophecy, ministry, teaching, exhortation, giving, ruler, mercy. We lack nothing in Christ Jesus. We are complete in Christ. Isn't that right? We are complete in Christ Jesus. What else is in our spirit though? And I think sometimes we maybe don't think about these things, but what else is in our spirit? What about the word of God, the incorruptible seed of God from Genesis to Revelation is in our spirit. The heart of God is there. Wisdom is there. True holiness is there. Healing is there. The mind of Christ, the life of Christ, righteousness, truth, the anointing, God's ways, mercy. Do you see how rich we are this morning? Compassion, the resurrection power of God, revelation of God and the things of God, relationship with God, God's unconditional love, and many, many, many more. We are super rich this morning. Amazing, praise God. Okay, so um, go back to the prior, just like a few months before you became born again. Recall that time when you became born again. What about the things we give Jesus? What do we give him? What about our hearts? Lord, I give you my heart. What about our lives? Lord, my life is your life. What about our hopes? Lord, I swap my hope for your hopes. What about our visions? Lord, I only want your visions for me. What about our belief in him? Lord, I completely believe in you. What our belief in the finished work of the cross? Lord, we give you our thanks. What about our desires? Lord, I give you my desires in exchange for yours. What about our dreams? Lord, your dreams will be my dreams. What about our future? Lord, your future is in my hands. What about our will? Lord, not my will, but your will be done in my life. Now, we didn't say it in order like that. I was just thinking about things like that. And we probably didn't say it in that way. But what we really said to the Lord was, Lord, here's my life. Take everything I am, own and possess, it's all yours, take it all. That's what we did. That's what we meant, didn't we? Now, come to this is an amazing point. If you forget anything else I say today, I don't want you to forget this. This is phenomenal. This is amazing. This is fantastic. So excited. So um, what about your decision to come to the Lord? It was a deliberate act, and it was an important one. Think about that for a second. Where is that decision? Because it was so important, 
It has to be somewhere. There's no way it's in your soul. There's no way it's in your body. It's in your spirit. Okay? So your decision to come to the Lord is in your spirit too. I was compiling this um, teaching about, this is about seven years old. I've only told it twice to the student body and once today here at the church. <laughs> okay? So um, this is amazing. And so I woke up one, this one particular Sunday morning. And do you know where you lay in bed for a wee while and you try to get awakened and you just think about things? And I was going over this message in my mind, just asking the Lord questions, just going over in my mind and stuff and get it in my heart. And I heard the Lord say this to me. He says, your decision is sealed in your spirit. So I then started to say, your decision is sealed in your spirit. I repeated that. When I finished saying the word spirit, he then says this, in whom you also trusted. We'll come to that in a wee second. But do you ever get one of those moments where you're lying in bed and it's not Saturday, but it's Monday and you need to be in work in an hour and a half and you, you go, you just sit straight up in bed where you just bolt right up in bed and you go, oh, I need to be somewhere. Or you have a dental appointment in the afternoon or you're meeting a friend later on or something. Or you have to go to work and you realize it's Monday morning, I need to be at work. One of those ones. It's as if you're, the pillow has two hands in it and it just bolts you straight up. That was one of those moments. I bolted straight up out of bed, came downstairs and continued with this and the Lord's revelation on this. Um, another wee point I just want to add just right here is, um, then I got this morning reading this, it says, do your decision to come to the Lord can't be changed because your decision is locked in your spirit. That was a wee a reminder this morning. The Holy Spirit was talking about that. Now, we're going to go to the Message Bible. We're going to go to Ephesians 1, 13 and 14. Okay, and it says this. It's in Christ, it's in Christ that you, once you heard the truth and believed it, this message of your salvation, found yourselves home free, signed, sealed and delivered by the Holy Spirit. This signet from God is the first installment on what's coming, a reminder that we'll get everything God has planned for us a praising and a glorious life. That, that should be written in gold. It's amazing. Absolutely amazing. So it's in Christ that we were placed in him. I have a wee demonstration here for you. I'm a teacher, so I'll demonstrate. Try and get this for you. Um, don't miss too much time. Yeah, I'll just use this really, really quickly for you. So it's in Christ that we, we are in Christ, isn't it? We are placed in him. You can't see this. Um, so this is, say this is the Lord here. Okay, it's a very, very soft. soft. We've had to, melt, I've had to melt it to get them to come together again, okay? So say this is me. My heart has come before the Lord, soft and melted, because anyone who has a hardened heart can't come before the Lord because your heart is hardened. So you have to have a soft heart of humility before you come to the Lord. And this would be the Lord's heart because it's always soft anyway, okay? I'm going to bring the two of them together, mix them together, Okay, if they're soft enough, mix them together. And now you have this marble effect that has taken place here. Okay, if I was, if I was to take that to the RVH and ask someone in their lab to try and bring that back to the position that they were separated, they would chase me. There's no way that's going to be separated. You can't do it. It can't be done. Once you're in Christ and he is in you, that's a permanent state. But say for talk's sake, there was one wee doctor that says, look, I've got this drawer full of scalpels and knives and things. Give it to me and I'll try and separate it for you. And I said, right, okay, go ahead and do that. And he did this and he, tried, and he did get it separated. He can't say he did. 
but he can't, but they did, okay? And he did get them separated. There would always be a trace that each one had been connected to the other, so they're never, never properly separated again because they can't be. It's an impossibility, okay? Do you understand a wee bit now? So it's in Christ that we were placed in him. Now, I want to go to the main scripture. We're going to milk this for what it's worth. It is fantastic. Absolutely amazing. I love this. I love the word of God anyway, but the, some scriptures just, they're your favorites, you know. So Ephesians 1, verse 13, King James version of the Bible, and we keep this on the screen for a wee second day. Just go through it with you. You can see it on the screen there. It says here in Ephesians 1, 13, I'll read it first and I'll go back and pick out words for you and um, explain them for you. It says, in whom you also trusted, after that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and whom also after that you believed, you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. Now back up again to that first uh, there. It says, in whom you also trusted, T-R-U-S-T-E-D, E-D, past tense, it's already been done. Then it goes on to say, after that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that you believed, B-E-L-I-E-V-E-D, E-D, it's past tense, it's already done. You were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. Are you getting this, okay? Okay. Now, still on this same verse, it says, in whom you trusted, that's your faith in operation right there, the, the faith that God gave us to get saved, that's our faith in operation there. Now, let's take it a bit slower, because I love to just really slowly read the scriptures and let it, let it speak to you, let it, let it confirm to your heart what it's trying to say, okay? It says here, after that you believed. After that you believed. After that you believed. Means your believing in Jesus was complete and finished, okay? As was your trust in him. That's also completed and finished. This happened today, you got born again. Your belief is sealed. It says, after you believed, you were sealed. So it's cemented and locked into your spirit. Okay? What also was sealed? It says, you, ye were sealed. So we are sealed in Christ until the day of redemption. So it's in Christ that we are sealed. In other words, after you heard the word of truth, which was the gospel of your salvation, you believed and trusted in Jesus, then you were sealed by the Holy Spirit. How magnificent is that? How fantastic is that? When you go home today, have another way, read it down, and just keep, read that one verse all week and let it minister to your heart. And that is the truth in our position in Christ this morning. It's absolutely amazing. So if you think for one second, you can lose your salvation, pray it away, sin it away, wish it away, or announce it according to this scripture, you can't. It's impossibility. We are sealed until the day of redemption. Thank you, Jesus, who thinks of everything. Now, um, our dependence is not upon the seal of the Spirit, but upon the blood of the Son. The Spirit of God never takes the place of the Redeemer. He exercises his own office, which is to take the things of Christ and to show them unto us, and not to put his own things in the place of Jesus. 
the foundation of our hope is laid in Christ. Isn't that right? Praise God. Now, uh, there's a Greek word here called swarigidzo. Swarigidzo. It's strong concordance if you're taking notice. G4972. G4972. And this word swarigidzo, translated sealed here, means to stamp with a signet or a private mark for security of preservation. The meaning clearly relates to the Holy Spirit protecting our salvation for us. We don't protect our salvation. He does it. He protects it for us. It takes all the weight off us too, doesn't it? This verse in Ephesians uh, 1.13 requires two actions that must occur before the Spirit's sealing can take place. Number one, you must have heard the gospel. When you look back on your salvation, you'll have heard the gospel in some shape or form. You'll have read it, someone will have told it to you, you'll have heard it, but you will have heard the gospel. Then the second thing is, we've had to trust and believe the message of the gospel, that is Jesus Christ. Then the sealing took place. Sealing in the scripture signifies security and protection, ownership and authentication of documents or finished transactions. An owner seals his property with the signet to mark it as his. If, a, if at a later time he comes to claim it um, and his right to it is questioned, his seal is sufficient evidence and puts an end to such questioning. So the fact that believers are endowed with the Spirit is a token that they belong in a special sense to God. The seal of the new covenant is imprinted in the believers' hearts. Not only can we look at this sealing as proof of ownership, but it's also a means of preservation in the same way that people seal fruit in jars with our tight seals to make preserves. So our born-again spirits have been sealed with that Holy Spirit. Now, I'm no good at making jams and chutneys and everything, but I bet you Marlon has a wee pot of jam in her cupboard somewhere. <laughs> okay. um, so uh, my, thing, my thing is cleaning. I don't like cooking at all. And how many times has my husband Stephen had burnt stuff handed to him? It's just beyond a joke all the time. And God love me, he never opens his mouth. He never says anything. He just sits there and he'll eat it. And then he's so good. And, you know, he always says thanks to me whenever, anytime I bring something into his dinner or whatever, or whatever, and he'll always say thanks to me. And even I've noticed when I bring in his burnt sausages or whatever, the mice is okay, but the sashes aren't too good. He'll just, he'll just take a wee bit, and he'll just take a wee bite, and he'll, he'll eat it okay, and he'll say, thanks, Mo, and that's right, okay. But I know myself, they're, they're a bit burnt. I kind of try to blame the honey on it, because honey can burn quickly, but it's not, it's just me. It's not the honey. <laughs> not the honey at all. He'll just take a wee bite, and then he'll get up and go out to the kitchen and say nothing. He never says nothing. Then the next thing, about half an hour later, I'll say, me, the banana, and I know you think he's still hungry. He's eating the banana, do you know what I mean? But my main thing for me is I clean. I love cleaning. So a bottle of Jif and a toothbrush, you couldn't anger me. I'm amazing. I love cleaning. I love cleaning. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, so a seal here, a seal indicates ownership. Ownership. You don't place your seal on something that just doesn't belong to you. Just as a brand of cattle distinguishes one farmer's cows from another farmer's cows, a seal separates one's belongings. A seal indicates that God has distinguished us from others and that he has set us apart for himself for his own purpose. That was ownership. 
A seal indicates something of worth, okay? We are owned by God, and now we have our worth in God, don't we? You do not just seal anything and everything. Only those things that are important are of value. And so being sealed by the Holy Spirit of God indicates that he has put a very high value on us and that we are important to him. A seal indicates authenticity. A seal is recognized and accepted by everyone. It is a guarantee by the person doing the sealing that the thing sealed meets the criteria or is up to their standard. It guarantees that what is sealed is the real thing. A seal is a sign of higher authority, higher authority, and as such as can't be trusted. When we are sealed by the Holy Spirit, it indicates that we are his and that he can't be trusted. It's him that we trust. Now, what's the definition of the word seal? A device that is used to join two things together so as to prevent them from coming apart or to prevent anything passing between them. A bit like those two streets I showed you. It also can be a device with a cut or raised emblem with a family crest or coat of arms on it, a symbol or a word used especially to certify a signature of an authentic document. It can also be a medallion um, or ring face, which can make an impression or waxed, on waxed or moist clay. It also means, um, a seal also means to confirm or make secure. Do you ever hear the expression to seal the deal? That means it's complete, to seal the deal, it's complete. It means to fasten, fasten with, or as with the seal, to prevent from tampering. It means to close or make secure against leakage or access. Um, I have another wee demonstration here, because I'm a teacher and I'll demonstrate, okay? Say for toxic, this was your spirit. People learn different ways. People learn by hearing something or by seeing something, and they see, people say when you um, see something and hear something, you're getting it twice, so that's always good, okay? Say this was your spirit, okay? And everything we have just read there now, just touch on a few things that we have said it was in our spirit, like the Godhead is our, the true nature of God, our, the word of God is our, the mind of Christ, the resurrection the power of God is our, the relationship with God is our, and the things that we give the Lord, our hearts, our desires, and your decision. Don't forget your decision. That's absolutely crucial because you can't change your decision once you're born again. Your decision, everything here, I'm putting into your spirit. Okay, this is called a tapper. And it, it's like a, a wax thing. You, you, you melt the wax and put it on. Then you put the coat of arms on and stamp it. Okay, naturally. But... God asked the Holy Spirit to come along and put his seal on this. And he can't be removed unless God tells him to remove away from us. And God's not going to tell him to do that because our spirit is sealed until the day of redemption. Everything is locked in there until the day of redemption. Then on the day of redemption, we get our new um, soul and body and become that complete person and live with the Lord forever. Okay. Um, I notice that we always copper our lives after the Lord. Don't we? Everything that he does, we do. He preached the gospel, so he would say to us, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. So we have to understand this sailing as it would relate to Jesus and how it relates to us. So my question to the Lord was, Lord, were you sealed? Were you sealed? John 6, 27 is an amazing verse, another amazing verse. It says, labor not for the meat which perishes, which is talking about... Um, at worldly things, 
but for the meat which endures unto everlasting life, which is on relationship with God, which the Son of Man shall give unto you. For him has God the Father sealed. Him has God the Father sealed. For Jesus has God the Father sealed. So he sealed Jesus, so he sealed us. For since our sealing is in him, it must be the same sealing. Notice then first that Jesus was sealed on the Father's part by God, giving him a testimony to him that he indeed was his only son and the sent one of the Lord. Just as when a king issues a proclamation, he sets his seal on it to say, this is mine. So when the father sent the son into the world, he gave him this testimony. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. So he said it in words, but how did God seal Jesus? How did he do it? By anointing him with the Holy Spirit. Do you see the pattern? By anointing him with the Holy Spirit. The seal that Jesus was the Messiah was that the Spirit of God was with him and without measure. The very fact that we possess the Holy Spirit of God is God's testimony and seal to us that we are his. And that as he has sent the Son into the world, even so does he send us into the world. Now, think of canning jars of fresh fruit. No thanks. <laughs> Thank you, no. <laughs> I'll not be going there with that. <laughs> okay. Uh, the seal preserves the fruit by keeping in what you want to keep in and keeping out the harmful bacteria that will cause the fruit to ruin. Uh, the seal protects the fruit so nothing can get inside and nothing's on the inside that's going to get out. We are told that when we are born again, we are sealed by the Holy Spirit until the day of redemption. The fruit in the jars cannot break the seal, neither can we break the seal of God's Holy Spirit. Now, so the definition of the word preserve here, or vacuum packed, means to maintain something in its original, original or existing condition. It means to keep alive or in existence. It means to keep possession of or to retain. And then we're going to look at another great verse here in 2 Corinthians 1, verse 21 and 22. So it says, now he which establishes, that's old Elizabethan English, it means established, okay? Now he which establishes us with you in Christ, back to in Christ again, and has anointed us is God, who has also sealed us and given us the earnest of the Spirit in our hearts. Now that word established means to make secure or permanent and, and in a certain condition. And in Christ denotes a fixed position. We are fixed permanently in the Lord, never to be taken out or removed. He's got, not going to move us out. We're not going to need to want out. It's done, wasting that. That's amazing. Now, this word established means uh, confirm or, or confirming. It carries the idea of a guarantee of a transaction or a promise. The Apostle Paul here was um, using this word to convey God's intention to make firm, secure, and fixed in a stable condition the final acceptance, the final acceptance of believers in Christ. Okay? Now, this word earnest literally means a pledge, part of a purchase money or property given in advance for um, security for the rest. Also, it's an agreement by which one person undertakes to secure another in the possession of something. 
I have a word here as well. I got yesterday morning at a quarter past seven. Um, and maybe give it to you now before I go on. Um, so um, I was just listening to the Lord. I was actually laying in bed again. Um, God talks us in different places, doesn't he? Mainly with me, it's in the bathroom because I'm busy you know, putting makeup on and stuff and the Lord gets in there. There's an opportunity for him to get in and speak. <laughs> you know what I mean? And in the kitchen as well. But um, of late, I tend to go to bed at night and lie there for, for like two, three in the morning talking to the Lord and things like that. And then he show me stuff. And then in the mornings as well, I waking up as well. When you're, you're, when you're younger and you're waking up early in the mornings, when you're like 18 and just waking up and get up by the baby for about a minute and you're dead on. But I'm not 18 anymore. So I lie there for a wee while, get away and get my brains about me. And then I start in the conversation with the Lord or he'll say something to me. So uh, yesterday morning, I had this, and this is to anyone out there who even listening online. If you're concerned about your salvation, if you're worried about it, if you think you've lost it, or if you think you were, say you were like a child and you were born again when you were young, and you've got to this stage in your life, and you're thinking, what about the gap in between? What about it? Your seal, your spirit is sealed until the day of redemption. So, so, yeah, so anyone... Um, thinking about their salvation or questioning their salvation in any way, I had, the Lord had showed me that they were thinking this as I was listening to the Lord. And they would be thinking, but you don't know what I've done. You don't know where I've been. You don't know what I've said and you don't know how I've lived. And the Lord is saying to you this morning, stop. Apply this scripture to your situation, Ephesians 1.13. He says, let this be your balming oil. Let the Lord minister to you. And the balming oil then, the Lord is saying, this is your medicine to heal you. And another powerful thing he said at the end, he says, your situation is never bigger than that scripture. Your situation is never bigger than that scripture because your spirit is sealed until the day of redemption. When I um, was asked to come and speak, I went to the Lord and I was saying to the Lord right now, what do you want me to bring to your people and the first thing I heard was one word, sealed. So I went to my file. I have files of teachings and everything to pull this one out. So I know that this is for someone. It's helping you today. If you're worried about your salvation in any shape or form, or if you're panicking because you think you can lose it, or you think you've lost it, go back over Ephesians 1.13 and just go over it and over it and over it and let it minister to your heart. And the Lord will solidify it in your heart that you're completely safe and secure in the arms of the Lord. Okay? Amen. So, um, the definition of a pledge is a serious promise or agreement. Something that you leave with another person as a way to show that you will keep your promise. So, God has already done that with us. He has left us his spur as a pledge to us. And um, he has made a serious promise and agreement with us. The promises which we have received are not mere promises, but they are already so far fulfilled to us and in us as a guarantee hereafter their completion and fulfillment. Okay? Not too sure. I think we're okay for time, aren't we? Okay, so um, this is absolutely... My talk is now finished. Um, this is amazing. I hope you've been helped by this, that you're not struggling with your salvation, that you're not wondering... You know, what does the Lord think about me? You know, what does the Lord think about the times maybe I was away from him? 
maybe in a far country, the Lord is saying to you, he was always with you. You were never, never alone. And the prodigal always returns. If you are that prodigal this morning and you're thinking, you know, I am in a far country with the Lord and I'm not too sure where I stand with my salvation at the minute. Can I come back to God? Yes, you sure can. Come back to the Lord. And just talk to the Lord in your own way and, and just speak to the Lord. He, you know, he's been with you all along anyway, so you can't hide anything from the Lord. And your salvation has always been safe and secure. A friend of mine, I'm not mentioning him because I didn't, well, our, our testimony is quite known, but um, a friend of mine got born again when she was eight years of age. And I met her at Bible College, lovely, lovely woman. And she, her story was that she had been away from the Lord for 40 years. 40 years is a long time. But she got saved when she was young. And the reason why she was away from the Lord all that time was she wasn't grounded and rooted in the Word. And when you're a young Christian, you're not grounded and rooted in the Word. You can't go another direction. You can't go away from the Lord. But let me just state quite categorically to you this morning. Once saved, always saved. That's the way that it is. You don't lose your salvation. Once you are saved, you remain saved no matter what you've said, no matter what you've done, no matter where you've been. You are saved. Don't forget that this morning. Okay? Um, maybe we'll go and um, we'll maybe um, take communion now, if that's okay. And we can have some, maybe just some wee background music there. Okay. We're going to thank the Lord for his promise to us. We start always yes and amen. Always yes and amen to us. Okay. I'll talk to you this morning like I normally talk to the Lord whenever I'm at home, whenever I'm doing communion. It's a natural way for me. I always take the bread. Okay, and you always say, Lord God, by your stripes we are healed. We are healed in our body, in our soul, in our mind. We are completely healed. The same way your spirit needs nothing else done to it, our body is healed. Now that's another word, healed there. H-E-A-L-E-D, E-D, past tense, it's already done. We are already healed. Stand in your position in Christ Jesus and we are seated at the right hand of the Father, and we are healed. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And now the juice which represents the blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Again, another good word there, washed. W-A-S-H-E-D. A.D., we are washed in the blood of the Lamb. There's no more washing taking place. There's no more washing in the future going to take place. We are washed. It's already been done. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. If I can just ask the worship team to come up, we second the paper now. Just thanking the Lord for his goodness and his mercy. Thank you, Lord, for our salvation that is safe and secure in you, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus, from the bottom of our heart. You have made the perfect plan of salvation. 
and we are part of that salvation plan, Lord God. And the Father and the Lord and the Holy Spirit grouped together and they made this perfect plan for us. We thank you, Lord Jesus. We are ever part of that, Lord. We need not worry about our salvation, worry about our future. Our future and our lives are wrapped up in you, Lord God. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for this. Okay.